Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Oh, mate, what do you think I'm thankful for? Um, let me think of all the things that Lawson is normally thankful for. <laughs> no, his no, motorbike. No, well, his motorbike. No, that's blown um, up in the shed right his now. His other, his, his, his motorbike. No, nah, no, well, I was, I was asking that. I was like wondering if Lyle was going to concede, you know, and just be like, I don't know, but because he doesn't know. Um, no, but I'm thankful for a number of things. Thankfully, I look through the glass here and I see producer Meg just absolutely yeah, go killing, producer Meg. killing it behind the computer, just doing a fantastic job. She's going to, she, she's, she's standing alone today. And she's from your church. And she, yeah, she is. That's awesome. A fellow, very young like we're person. Being, well, I feel like we're being taken over by your church here in the studio. Yeah, but it's specifically by young people. You're being, Outclass. That's 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 the deal, Lyle. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Also, I am really old anyway. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) you're just just a kid. (laughs) Uh, And and other news in terms of my life and the life of our church as well. We are running another um, exam food drive today, so our uh, uni club is getting out and delivering food to. Everyone who is going through exams, they're going to be receiving food from the food pharmacy here in Newcastle, the brand new uh, cafe restaurant that's open. So it's going to be all vegan and healthy and amazing and nourishing and stimulating for the brain. That's so, that's, that's that's epic. So uh, I think producer Meg's still studying at the moment, right? Yeah. Do you want a, do, do you do you want have, a meal? Do you have exams? Do you have exams coming up? No, nah, nah, she, she's, she's, she's not. She's not exams at the moment, so she's cool. Okay, you can skip her. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Sorry. She can go without. <laughs> now she's feeling sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can still come down. Hey, the place is open. If you yeah, guys are right. hungry for lunch, then we need to get we need to get um, some people on here from uh, the food food pharmacy. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Well, coming up in today's news, we're going to look at the cost of being a Christian. What does it cost to be a Christian? Mm. What, it, what does it cost you wow. to be a Christian? Something to think about. We're also going to head over to COP26 and talk yes. about the uh, climate change conference that is happening over there. And a controversial church banner. We're going to have a bit of a discussion about it and find out whether we agree with uh, this particular banner or not. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's have some positively different All right. news. All right. We have to talk about, like, the positive good news of, like, the year here in Australia, which is the finding of the abducted Cleo Smith. Like, yes, everyone is just going off about this. And um, have been going off since yesterday morning. Well, since last night. Like, it's just... Well, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, it broke. it broke actually during the breakfast show yesterday, which was a little bit too late for us to actually catch it. Mm. But... Uh, what a surprise and what a, what a, what a pleasant surprise. Dude, totally. Like, this is really, again, like, I think what makes this so incredible, I'm, I'm going to highlight some, just some quick details of the story, but, um, the fact that, that she was found after what was it, like 16 days, it's almost statistically impossible. Yes. It's something yes. that. Once, once it reaches that point. That's the point at which it's like, yeah, we are most likely never going to find this person. That's right. That's when you're looking for, you go from looking for someone alive to looking for someone 
not yeah, the and way. you know the police were starting to surf the dark web to look there and like how many billions of images are you going to find on the dark web? Mm. And if you, and if you do find an image on the dark web, then how are you ever going to find the location of that image? You know, it's that's just, right. It just becomes, you know, talk about a needle in a haystack. This is this is a needle in in the planet. But this is the thing. Now they are really, you know, the details are coming out. They're starting to understand what's happened because initially it was just that this little girl disappeared from a caravan site they had no idea what happened and they didn't know for until they found her now it's come off uh it it was essentially an opportunistic abduction it wasn't a premeditated thing by a 36 year old male um and yeah very little has come out because yeah big investigation to happen we won't know for a long time that's right they'll do their work thoroughly we kind of need to actually just sort of stay out of the police's way and that's that's right they're going to be doing their thing trying to break down what happened but that's one of the the interesting things about this case and how it actually wrapped up was that they the, the Western Australian police made a very um, a very important decision to just go hard. Like they were yes. like, let's let's take this, let's just send it, let's take this seriously from the get go. Obviously, they want to take any missing child report seriously, but they were like, let let's really. When you start searching the dark web, that's yeah. like. That's next level. But at the same time as well, you know, putting out a $1 million reward for people with information. like I hope someone gets that. Like 10 days in. Someone does deserve it because it was on that tip and information that they're able to find the house where Cleo was stored. And obviously, like the moment where they they bust down the locked door and they see a four-year-old girl sitting on a couch, they ask her, hey, what is your name? And she replies and says, my name is Cleo. You know, overflowing with emotion, the police officers just stoked, like the culmination of so much work. Simultaneously as well, it was good for them that, yeah, they found her, like A1, number one priority, like so good, but they also have the perpetrator too like yeah it really seems like this went from such a dire and terrible situation to a relatively open and shut case on their end we've also uh had some communication with the carnivon so that was the, the carnivon, yep. carnivon that's right yep. uh, your mum is over in that region at the moment that's isn't right she? she's in western australia right now it's kind of a big region. Yeah. It's kind of a <laughs> uh, big I think area. she's somewhere within well the, the, Maybe like a two thousand kilometer radius. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking of the size of Western Australia, but somewhere within a two thousand kilometer radius. But uh, so we've had some connection to the Carnarvon SDA Church, um, and we we spoke to June from the Carnarvon SDA Church, and although they didn't know the Smith family personally, personally uh, when the disappearance happened. Um, the church was, you know, praying every single day in their p- prayer group that she would be found and sending some support their way as well. Um, but oh, it's really cool to like, uh, oh, I love this name. Um, Zenthe Malat, uh, Malet, who is the associate professor of criminology at the university, university of Newcastle, who's kind of been observing the events taking place over there and really attributes like the success to again, just this, huge effort that the police Dogged made. determination. They were like, they just got out there, asked questions, put out rewards. Like, they classified the case pretty much immediately as as a, as a missing person slash abduction. Like, they, yes. were, they were like, hey, we need to do something about this. We need to get it done. And so, yeah, it's fantastic that this has all come to a head. And I guess, yeah, over the next couple of weeks after investigations are done, we're going to hear about... You know, when you put a reward out, you're going to get flooded with like a bazillion messages that mm. you're going to have to sort through and find out, you know, 
is is there, you know, because that's the danger of putting a reward out. You do get mm. flooded with stuff. Um, is there a needle in this haystack somewhere? And they found that needle. They found that piece of evidence yeah. clearly. Whatever and, it and, was. and that's the thing. It's like, is it worth it? Obviously. Mm. Obviously. This is like a child's life. Oh, absolutely. And so, man, fantastic job, uh, which will be covered over the next couple of weeks, I assume, by the media. You know, we'll know all the details. You know, it does raise interesting questions about our society, though. If this had been a homeless person who had gone missing, would we have put the same effort in? Like, you have to ask that question, don't yeah, you? Yeah. It goes through your mind. It does. Does is, is, is cuteness a, uh, you know, did the, did the cuteness factor come in here? I'm, I'm just super stoked at what has happened. Uh, but at the same time, I think we need to stop and remember that every life is valuable, mm-hmm. regardless of who it is. Mm. Every life is worth this kind of effort. That's right. And the homeless person on the street who might be suffering with mental illness or whatever other issues it might be, their their life is worth it too. Jesus gave his life. Jesus died for every single one of these people. Mm. He sees he sees them all as of equal value. But yeah, it's uh, hey. Can you do but just praise God for what has taken place? Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of emotion right across our country mm. yesterday. A lot of people are in tears over this one. Mm. Dude, so good. All right, I have a minute. I want to talk about one of the scientific developments of the year. I'm, okay. I'm going to put it out there. Okay. Right, just, just do it. So there's a woman. Her name is Berna Gomez. She's 57 years old and she's been blind for 16 years. A group of scientists, in, like like fully blind, mm-hmm. a group of scientists implanted a bunch of microchips in her brain that attached to a camera that, in the shape of you know a pair of glasses that then went on her head, and for the first time in sixteen years, she can see with, with like with her own brain. With her brain, this is just uh, like, this, this is like is the future stuff. right here. <laughs> she was, you know, it wasn't perfect, but she was able to make out the shapes of letters. She was even able to play like they, you know, had like a little video game there for her. She was able to use a computer screen briefly. She was able to make things out. Like a woman who was completely blind can now see because of computer chips in her brain attached and to a camera. camera. Wow, this my is mind is just the future. My mind so is this is the future. Definitely one to watch, and I assume that this is just going to get better and better as time goes on. Yeah, fantastic. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Well, there you go. We had a uh, we, we've already had our song, so we'll yeah. just move on with more serious news right now. <laughs> Uh, right. So let's have another clue for our quiz, shall we? That's right. Okay, second clue for the quiz. What wandering preacher was imprisoned for challenging the adulterous uh, marriage of King Herod? 0491064669 is the number to call if you know the answer to that one. Again, that question was, that clue was, what wandering preacher was imprisoned for challenging the adulterous marriage of King Herod? Herod, uh, you can get 200 points on the board for that as you work through the pentathlon and try and sweep through, or you can net yourself a back issue of Times Magazine. But again, that number is 0491-064-669. Call or text us with the correct answers and, uh, yeah, get in. Fantastic. Well, well Raphael's continuing to text us. He, he says, Lyle, I'm much older than you. He says, so it's extra important for Lawson to be kind to the more mature and wiser persons. Emphasis on more mature and wiser (laughs) right there. (laughs) All right, fantastic stuff. We just love hearing from our listeners. Hey, if you just want to have your say here on anything that we're talking about on The Breakfast Show, our number is 0491. Yeah, if you want to make fun of Lyle. Yeah. 
and give Lawson a hard time. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Text us. Yep. Or talk to or, or talk to the uh, amazing um, producer Megantha. Yeah, producer Meg. Mm. She's, she's right there waiting for your call. So give her a call. All right. So the cost of being a Christian. How much would you pay to be a Christian? For the privilege of being a Christian. How much? What what, what value is it to you, Lawson? How much would you spend on this? Um. Well, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. Over the last five years, mm-hmm. I've been working for the church. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that's like... And In five can, years, you've, you've saved enough money to own a motorbike. That's right. No, but the, I think the <laughs> point is that this is the point is like... So at the moment, like I'm earning money from the church, right? I get yes. paid. So that you could say like, oh, Lawson, you get paid to be a Christian, even though that's not necessarily true, but I work for the church. But there was a point in my life where I wasn't getting paid to work for the church. It's I was true. getting paid absolutely money and uh, absolutely nothing. So I can speculate on what I would give to be a Christian, but I can just say in my own life, well, it was worth being a Christian for me. It was worth giving up employment and monetary gain and all of those kinds of things to go and live the life. That's at least what I've proved in my life. You know, I can't really, I, I could speculate and I can make promises, but that's what, what I about uh, What about a hundred kilos of pork and a $90 fine? Would you pay that to be a Christian? A hundred kilos of pork. What does and, that mean? And a $90 fine. I'd pay a $90 fine. Like I've got that in the bank, but what is the hundred kilos of pork? I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this, what's, what's, this is the cost of being a Christian in uh, Vietnam right now. Well, in a certain village in Vietnam. So there's a there's a village in Vietnam where this uh, individual, well, this family became Christians, and mm. it was a village that was animist. Um, that was you know their, their religion, and so the, the the community, the village, kind of freaked out. They took the guy out, they beat him up, they told Oof. him and his family they had to leave the village, you know, all that kind of stuff. Stole a lot of their, um, you know, a lot of their possessions. He's like, no, I've given my life to Jesus Christ. Wow, and uh, I'm not going to back down from that. And so the village got together and decided, okay, what's it going to take for us to allow this person to live in our village? You know, they declared him to be a non-person. Mm. You know, he's, he's no longer a part of the village. They don't speak to him or anything like that anymore. Um, and they're super threatened by his presence and his family's presence. He's got three wife and three children there in the village. But eventually they came back and said, okay, if you want to stay in the village, it's going to cost you 100 kilograms of pork and a $90 fine, and we're going to use that pork to appease the local village gods. Um, and so they had a big ceremony to appease the local village gods in which they delightfully ate the pork. Yikes. Uh, now, the issue here is that for uh, a villager in Vietnam, um, 100 kilograms of pork and a $90 fine, that's the equivalent of around about $30,000 Australian. <laughs> okay. So that's yeah, you know, four months' wages. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yes. And the interesting thing is that he was glad to pay. He's like, yep, absolutely, I'll pay that. I'll do that in a heartbeat. Wow. His four months' wages for the year. You know, we'll, we'll just go without. Oof. You know, we sort of, you know, when you live in a Western country like this, you don't stop and think about the cost of discipleship. Mm. You know, Jesus said you need to count the cost of what it's going to be a disciple. And uh, I sometimes wonder what our church would be like here in Australia if it cost each one of us four months' wages Mm. to have the right to be a Christian. Would our church be more on fire for God? Would it be smaller but stronger? Mm. Would we be doing more in sharing the love of Jesus Christ with the people around us because of what it actually cost us to be a Christian. Mm. This is why Jesus says, you know, you need to stop and count the cost. 
Thousands of people were following Jesus. He says, stop and count the cost. And he tells that parable of, you know, man went out to, to build a house. Well, what kind of a man goes out to build a house and doesn't sit down first and see whether he has enough money to finish it? Mm. Because if he gets halfway through building it and he runs out of money, everybody mocks him. Or what, what king goes to war with another king, you know, with 20,000 men against another king that has 40,000 without sitting down and asking the question, can I take him on? Can I actually win this conflict? Mm. He says, you need to count the cost. And the cost in Australia right now is basically none. It's zilch. You can become a Christian, it's free. Mm. And I think that it has weakened our church to an extent. And, you know, we know from what the Bible says and what Bible prophecy says that that won't continue, won't be like that forever. Uh, there will be a cost in the future to being a Christian, a physical, a very real and physical cost to being a Christian, and it will change our church. Wow. There's going to be you know, thousands of people who will just pour out of the church, and there will be thousands of people who fall, pour in because they are inspired by the testimony of those who are prepared to pay the cost. Anyway, we did say we'd talk about COP26. We can't avoid COP26 where every person has now gone who has a wheelbarrow to push. Wouldn't it be fun to go to COP26? Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm glad I don't have to go to places like this. But anyway, um, there's three Christian organisations that are within the Blue Zone doing their thing, uh, promoting their cause. That is the Tear Fund, the World, uh, World Vision and a Rosha. Um, so they're doing their thing. Of course, November 6 is the main march, the environment march uh, for climate change. They're expecting around about 100,000 people to turn up for that. And the Christians are trying to get together and to form a block within that march where they can, um, you know, be visibly seen, you know, wear colour-coded T-shirts and so forth. Mm. Uh, and during all of this, one of the local churches put a banner out the front of their church that says... The world's most urgent need is churches preaching Christ crucified, not climate change. Oh, okay. what's your thoughts? I can see how now the banner didn't last long. Like someone ripped it. Yeah, down. someone ripped it down. Okay, I can see why people would. Uh, okay, firstly, what are my thoughts? Uh, I agree. Yes, I like one hundred percent agree. Yes, um, because like. Yeah. Can like, there be anything more important than preaching Christ crucified? No. Like there that, can't be. That, that that's the reality. And this is this is the key to 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 what you know, because when I first read it, I was like, oh, that's rough. You know, during the middle of COP twenty six, you're gonna put that at the front of your church. But I think the key word on the banner was most. Mm. The world's most urgent need. Yes. Yep. Because that's the thing, like, and and in fact, dude. The COP26 and climate change emphasize the point that people need Christ. That's right. Absolutely. Like, so clearly. Like, I, and, and maybe they could have worded it better in that sense, but at the same time, what they said, it's a true statement. It is, it is because the reality is, is that the problems with the environment, the man-made problems with our environment, mm. and there are some problems with our environment that are man-made and some that are not, but let's talk about the man-made environmental problems that we have. They are there as a result of sin mm. because we have abused our planet. Nobody can deny that. You know, we might argue over the specifics of it, but as human beings we have abused our planet and that is a sin. And Jesus died for the sin of us abusing the planet. Mm. He gave his life for that. So what could be more important and what could highlight more our need of looking after our planet than preaching the cross? Yeah, well. So mm. there's my thoughts on it. 
it's certainly stirred up a lot of controversy uh, um, in um, in Glasgow, where you know, and I kind oh, of wonder, totally. what, okay, was this was this the smartest um, kind of banner to put up at this particular time? Uh, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. You know, um, I'm going to say it, it probably wasn't, but then at the same time, it's like so true. I think it could have been reworded. It's like maybe you make a list, maybe oh yeah, because one of the one of the one of the tweets, you know. Uh, Jenny Simmons tweet. It's uh, it is a rude and provocative. I can't think who will be encouraged to try at church from seeing that. Mm. Um, someone else tweeted the banner is clear and on point. I think the point is correct. Mm. You know, so it's it's if nothing else, it is creating discussion. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Joining us on the phone right now is Luke Reeves. Luke, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Now, Luke, we have been seeing, we've been hearing rumours that there is a new radio show starting. Is are these rumours correct? Uh, yes, they are. They've actually started. They started last Saturday. Okay, so you guys are you guys are already up and running. So this is pretty exciting. Yep. And uh, and is this a live show or is this a pre-recorded show? How's it how's it operating? No. It's a pre-recorded show. I'm um, using teams from a couple of different churches out here in the Tableland area. Okay. Um, and the kids were not interested if it was live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, they so, a little bit intimidated by live radio, were they? Yeah. And you know what? So was I. So it was easy to um, do that. And, you know, we're getting kids that are involved that wouldn't normally get up the front of church. So, oh, wow. yeah, it's been really good. That's fantastic. So, Luke, yeah. tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, tell us about where you're located and the churches that you're working with and your role in those yep. churches. Yeah, so I am the church pastor at Gaira and Inverell, the north, little northwest of our conference out here in North East South Wales. Okay, so that's, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of out in the bush a little bit. Um, yeah. And you've got big churches, small churches, medium churches, what um, have you got there? They're sort of small and medium. Um, I mean, I guess the, some of the churches on the coast or in the city, they're, they're small. But, you know, they're a good size for a small country church. It's been really good. That's fantastic. And you mentioned that you're getting the kids involved. Um, yep. How many people are actually involved and, and, and um, what ages are they involved in producing this, this new show? Yeah. Um, so they're teens, so around 13 to sort of 16, 17. That's great. And just, I've got about eight of them. Fantastic stuff. Okay, so, so yeah, they all do a couple of episodes each. And, and how how far is it between Gaira and Inferel? Um, it's an hour. So you got an hour's drive between the two. Which one do you? Which, which town do you live in? I live in Gaira. Which town is colder? Gaira. We so got you... snow a couple of months ago. It was great. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> That's epic. Uh, so so not uh, every day you can walk walk out of your house and have it snowing. No, it's not every day that you can have that happen, uh, particularly here mm-hmm. in New South Wales. Maybe if you uh, lived yeah. in Tasmania where I grew up, you could have it happen a little bit more often. But uh, in New South Wales, yeah. it's definitely something special. I remember driving through Gaira one yeah. day, and this was many, many years ago. We're driving through Gaira, and it's snowing. And, of course, we're driving to Queensland, and we arrived. Uh, yeah. We were staying with friends on the Sunshine Coast. And so that evening, uh, we were walking on the beach and going for a swim. Cause no. nice <laughs> you get uh, all the weather. Yes, indeed. Okay, so you've got some 13 to 17-year-olds who are involved in this particular uh, radio show that you're doing. Yep. Um, it happens once a week. What's the show called? Um, so we've called it Table and Explorers. 
Um, nice. Because, you know, we're in the Tablelands of New South Wales, so we wanted to add that sort of name into it. And we're exploring the Bible for Bible truths and how we can adapt them to our life. That's awesome. And have you started with like a particular um, portion of the Bible or particular themes that you're looking at or a book of the Bible? Um, How does it actually work? Yeah, we're going through study guides. Um, So back when Hacksaw Ridge came out, there was a set of um, Faith of Doss Bible Mm. study guides that came out. Yes. And so we're doing that. So we're looking into the life of Desmond Doss and what made him the man that he was. You know, those yes. that have seen Hacksaw Ridge can see the type of man he was and what he did. You know, he went into war without a weapon and he went to war to save life and not take it. And he ended up winning the Congressional Medal of Honor for that. Well, not winning, but he earned it. That's right. And, um, yeah, so we're, we're exploring the, his faith. What, what made him do that and how we could possibly still do the same thing today by adapting those Bible truths that he adapted to his life to make him the hero of Hacksaw Ridge. That's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. And um, I understand that one of our listeners out there, James Pontel, is he helping you out with this show as well? Uh, yes, he's a Bible worker out of Armidale. So he is, um, he's been my co-host for this series. There you go. So he comes it's up been to... really uh, good. To, uh, I, I guess, up to Gyra there. He's in a similar part of the world and... and uh, yeah. Is, yeah, Armidale's um, close. So Armidale's only 30 minutes away. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. And yeah. so you're just a couple of young guys and you've got a bunch of uh, teens together. When you do the show, yeah. how many speakers do you actually have on the show at, at, at one time? Do you have like the whole team um, there, like 10 people no, just going we have for four. it? You've got four. We have four. So we've paired the teens up into some of them are siblings um, and some of them are friends. And, yeah, they come out and the four of us spend time together recording and studying and everything. So it's good. Okay, cool. Who does, all the, who, who does the editing after it's all been recorded? Uh, that would be me. Nice, nice. Got the computer so, skills happening there. So yeah. So uh, host, so, producer, yeah. kind of uh, everything with uh, the Tableland Explorers. Um, yeah. Up there in the New England Tablelands, getting the word of so, God out. Yeah, yeah. Our our show is um, the new episodes come out every Saturday at five five thirty p.m. Now, and is there a particular reason why you week. why you chose five thirty p.m. on a Saturday? Is there a particular reason why you chose that time slot, or was that just the slot that was made avail- available to you by Faith FM? Yeah, it was sort of one of the time slots that was sort of available that we could have every week. Nice. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a solid like time that would be every week. Yeah, and you need that in you need that in radio. You need that yeah. consistency, and I think, this um, is and then fantastic. it just gets played throughout the week. So. Our first episode that we played on Saturday was playing at ten o'clock today. There you go. Okay, so, so that's um, that's something yeah. definitely to, we need to look forward to today and to remember to stay tuned for. So you'll be on after Tassie Encounters yep. then. Yep, that's it. So you go, uh, you go yeah. breakfast show followed by um, Tassie Encounters followed by uh, Tablelands Explorers. Tablelands Explorers. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, yeah, so Saturday 5.30 is our main time and then it'll just be played during the week. So you have to check your um, time for that. Now, I know you that also, Yep. Yeah, you can also go to the app or the um, website to re-listen to them as well. Yep, yep, absolutely. It um, now I know that we have a uh, a great transmitter right there in Armidale. Do we got other we got other uh, transmitters, Faith FM transmitters from um, the Tablelands, or, or most yeah, people listening so on the got, app? Yeah, we've, we've got one in uh, Glen Innes. 
and um, we've got one in Gyra now. We've got that set up. Fantastic. And we're working on um, Bimbarel one being set up. Has anybody set the deep water one up yet? We've got a license in deep water. We need to get um, that one yeah, up. Yeah, deep water's deep water's on the cards to be able to get set up. They're just getting all the stuff ready for it. So there's a number of there's a number of you guys that are sort of working together on this. I guess um, you've got what David Cherry down there in Armadale and and James yeah. Bontal. You've got um, uh, what's his name Cook. Um, Brad, Brad Brad Cooks up at Glen Innes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you guys can all sort of uh, so, work together, coordinate your your forces, and uh, and go yeah. hide from it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Because they've got um, some of the teams from Glenina, from Armadale, from Gyra Church. We've got a couple from Maxville Church and a couple from um, Cosaba. Oh, fantastic! So, so um, amongst uh, but amongst your actual broadcasting team um, yep. and the teens that you're working with, they are mostly young people from your churches. Um, no, so those churches that I just mentioned. Right. The okay. So you've, yeah, you've got yeah, yeah, yep. you've got so a, I was uh, at, a broad sweep. I was at Coffs Harbour last year as a pastor. Uh huh. So a, a couple of the people that I was studying with when they heard I was doing, they wanted to be involved, so they came out and did a couple of episodes. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's so, yeah. awesome stuff. Oh, then s- I had friends down in Maxwell that wanted to be involved. Yep. Um, so yeah, they came out and did that as well. Yeah. So how long have you been ministering in this region? In the Tablelands? Um, I moved to Gyra at the beginning of the year. Right. So it's a bit it's of a change to come up from Coffs Harbour, which is, you know, probably the most temperate climate in Australia, to Gyra where yeah. you just sort of freeze to death during the winter. Yeah, pretty much. And right. uh, But yeah. you're, you're a bit of an outdoorsy kind of person. You've always enjoyed the outdoors and so yeah. forth. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed the country. It's really good out here. I like it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I, I would imagine that there'd be lots of opportunities for uh, adventures in that kind of region. The cold doesn't bother you living up there? Nah, it's good. Just throw an extra jacket or get the fire going. It's nice. Yep, yep. That's the go. That's the go. Nah, yeah. fantastic stuff, Luke. Um, yeah. Really super excited to hear about uh, what you've got happening um, up there in those churches. And, you know, one of the things that yeah. sort of goes through my mind is whenever I go through that region and, you know, I'm hoping to get up there and catch up with you guys at some particular stage. And uh, Yeah, no, that'd um, be good. Yeah, see how, the, see how the program all runs and that kind of thing. But one of the things that always goes through my mind is you, you drive all those kilometres and you drive past all of those homes and it, yeah. it's a regional area and they're spread out all over the place. And it's sort of I sort of stop and think, okay, how many of these homes are ever going to have a Christian knock on their door? How many homes have I driven yeah. past, you know, or driveways that I've driven past where there might be a home 20 k's down the other end of that driveway? Yeah. How, many, how many of these people are never going to have a Christian who knocks on their door and gives them the opportunity yeah. to learn about Jesus Christ? And this is what I love yeah. about what you are doing with Faith FM Radio is that radio reaches across all of those boundaries. It just it just gets the yeah. message out there. And this is something yeah. that we need to support. And, you know, some people might and say, definitely well... definitely being out here, out west, you kind of need that because, you know, you've got a couple of passes that's so big of an area. Like I, between my churches, if I was down the coast, I could drive past 10 churches in the amount I'd get to one. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So your parish would be, I mean, how many how many hundreds of square kilometres would your parish be? I mean, your two churches are an hour yeah. apart. Um, I, don't, I don't think I even want to know. <laughs> and so no. you, you sort of draw yeah. a, a line from Inverell. If you keep heading west, what's the next church after Inverell? I wouldn't have a clue. Probably Lightning Ridge. Yeah, Lightning Ridge out there. Yeah. 
I'm not, I'm not we've sure. A, we've got a few stations, we've got a few licenses out in Mining Bridge and that surrounding area, so we need to get them online too. Absolutely we do. That would be so, just amazing yeah. to get the word out into those communities. But when you, when, you know, yeah. if, you were to, if you were to split that between you and Lightning Ridge and it's like, okay, we're in Inverell and uh, the next one's in Lightning mm-hmm. Ridge and, uh, uh, and and I could be completely wrong on this, that's that's a that's a rather large uh, territory for you know, for one pastor who's in charge of two churches to look after. Um, yeah, and, that's so, it. and as, as you know, it's not always, you know, running a church and being a pastor of a church, there's not a lot of spare time. No. <laughs> that's the understatement of the year. Yeah. Once you get a couple of Bible studies and visitations and preaching, um, like, prep, yeah, it doesn't leave a lot of, a lot of times, and putting that preaching plan together time. too. You know, you've got to uh, you've got to find so many more speakers and and whatnot when you've got two churches because you know you're yeah, well, so much it. more thin and and then you've got to multitask and think about this church and yeah. then you've got to be thinking about the next um, one and change gears and that's it. I'm working on mine for next year. I've worked out I've got like 47 spots I still need to fill. Yes, I did. I did get a text message from you the other day, Luke. So I can see that you are uh, endeavouring to uh, fill some of those slots. So fill yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that Lawson would love to come up and preach for you. <laughs> I'll dob him in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, that's great stuff. More than there, Hey, Luke, it's been fantastic to uh, have a chat with you here on uh, Faith FM this morning. And yeah, I just want to, I just want to encourage everybody to stay listening today. Um, after uh, the breakfast show is finished, just stay tuned because you're going to have Taz Encounters and that's going to be amazing. But then you can have uh, Luke Reeves with uh, and, and James Pontel with their very first, I believe it is, um, their very first uh, Tablelands Explorers uh, show that will be going to air. So, yeah, don't miss it. They're doing a fantastic job up there. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.